before we get started, critters and creeps, we have a new review. <laughs> yep, we have a new review to read on the show, which we didn't read on the episode when we recorded it because we didn't know that we had that review. And so we put off posting the episode a couple days so that we could get this added on to the beginning. Sorry for the wait, critters and creeps, but we wanted to make sure that this one was on the show, or at least I did. Al hasn't read it at all, nope. but I thought it was really important for us to work it in. I'm going to hand you my phone, and you can read it into the microphone. Five stars from Flossboss0211. OMG, best podcast ever, uh, four heart emojis. I'm 11 and listen to this all the time. Al is so funny and I can't believe that he is 10. I've been listening for three years. Please do something about Friday the 13th, 2009 reboot. I'd love to see some more slasher and or paranormal movie reviews. Paranormal activity would be cool. Please read this on a episode. I'm you guys' biggest fan. Me and my three-year-old brother listen to you in the car. He loves it. Thanks for doing what you do. <laughs> Thanks, Floss Boss. Yeah. Al, do you want to speak to anything in the review there? Because, of course, um, there's a lot of suggestions and questions and things. I didn't know there was a Friday the 13th reboot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not um, know that. But I guess speak to whether or not we will yeah. be doing Friday the 13th reboot anytime soon. That's kind of more what I'm getting at. Um, well, definitely do it i don't know i don't know when but probably sometime in the future not too <laughs> long though it's hard to say hard right to say, yeah. um one of the things that you know we're working on right now is like al hasn't watched a lot of stuff with gore that he's been particularly interested in so al doesn't watch super gory stuff yet and when he has like robocop yeah you still, you know, didn't like some of it and didn't want to see some of it, uh, so covered your eyes. But also, uh, it it's not a scary movie, right? So that makes a difference. And Alistair, in terms of scary movies, we haven't moved on to, like, super, super scary stuff, particularly, like, paranormal activity. Really? How do you feel about, like, super scary stuff? If I watch it, like, early in the day, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, we do have, though, and this is also one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this right now, even though I think that we're still a ways away from Friday the 13th reboot for Al, I don't think we're that far off from covering the first one. And in terms of paranormal activity, I know Al definitely wouldn't be into that at this current moment. I feel like with scary movies, I'm getting there... The thing that really gets me is the jump scares, though. Mm, like, yeah. And and I Paranormal Activity is entirely rooted in jump scares. It's a movie where you sit around and you kind of wait for something to happen, and then something happens, and it's like, ah! And, you're like, and it, like, startles the heck out of you. I really don't think you would like Paranormal yeah. Activity. I can, I can do with scary things, but jump scares I do not do good with. Yeah, that's so that's another thing that I definitely factor in. And we definitely have some stuff coming up that will have jump scares, but especially the stuff that we have TV edits for, you know, it'll at least be toned down in pretty much every other way, uh, yeah. you know, so that if there's any kind of stuff that I don't know, I wouldn't want you seeing, especially like super, super gory stuff at this point, because I know that's not your thing. Um, and mm -hmm. also, you know, I mean, you shouldn't be showing kids gory stuff if that's not their thing. Al is getting there, though. So thank you for the review here, Floss Boss. 
Um, really good suggestions, and definitely we will be getting to at least Friday the 13th reboot at some point in the future. Al owns all of the Friday the 13th yeah. movies. <laughs> oh, he just hasn't watched any of them yet. No, but we will definitely get to some more, like, paranormal movies things in, like, pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine we could tackle something extra spooky, extra ghosty. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Al, anything to add here to our discussion of Floss Boss's review before we move along? No, not really. On with the show then, huh? Yep. Critters and Creeps to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Alberta. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we're coming to you from the Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. Today, we are doing a movie that has been requested by someone a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. I don't remember who we... I think we said it on the show when we said that we couldn't watch it at the time. It is but. Troll Hunter from 2010. Yeah, Norwegian film, Troll Hunter. Al and I had wanted to watch it for a long time. It was requested by one of our listeners. And then we went to watch it, finally. And it wasn't streaming anywhere. Nope. So, uh, fortunately, it is now. Yep, but where we found it on, it was only accessible for three days, so... Oh, that's a good point. I was going to yeah. say people could go watch it on Tubi, but... It is going to be down this from is... Tubi by the time they hear this. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bummer. Fortunately, because the day we're recording this is the last day it's up on Tubi, we think. That, unless they bring it no, back. No, I think that, I think you're right. Because, oh, yeah, because yesterday was two days left, and then, yeah. Yep, yep. So. Well, it's somewhere, probably. It's I'm somewhere. Sure. <laughs> but. Troll Hunter, yes, it's Norwegian, so we watched it subtitled. Yeah. And that's never been a problem for Al, really. Uh, the only movie I ever remember huh? having trouble with you uh, with subtitles was one that we ended up seeing before you could actually read. <laughs> so that was clearly a problem. Yeah. We went to see, we were at a movie marathon and we saw uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra. But it was subtitled, so you had to sit in my lap and I had to explain to you, like, very, very quietly what people were talking about. <laughs> uh, so, Troll Hunter, man. Yes, yeah, is um, it's a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. And this is, what, your second found footage film? Yes, I think. Pretty sure. I don't remember any others. Okay, okay. Um, so, with that in mind, I actually would like to start this episode talking to you about found footage and getting your opinion of it because you've only seen two right and maybe three we don't know but you've only seen a couple but how how do you feel about that format of film found footage films i say if they're like horror films which they normally are like yeah stuff like that it makes it more intense mm, more believable like more human yeah. more grounded more real yeah more like scary and stuff than if it was just like a normal movie right yeah it it adds um 
a verisimilitude, right? A semblance of truth to the whole thing. Yeah, because, like, if you think about it, if you imagine Troll Hunter, let's say the first troll you see, out of a normal, like, film camera, how they would normally do it, it's not as scary if you imagine it. It could be. And you could totally see it being that way if, like, the camera's really low and, like, you know, this thing comes up towering over our protagonists or whatever. You could see it still being spooky. It would just have to be filmed differently, right? Yeah, but how you see it from, like, how they're running and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, with the camera moving and everything. Which ties into another aspect of filmmaking that, like found footage films, is contentious. And this is this is true of found footage films, Al. Some people just outright hate them. Uh, just the format doesn't appeal to some people. And I, I wouldn't say that I don't get it. But when it's done well, it is an extremely effective use of the medium. Yeah. And other times it's just really gimmicky and poorly thought out. I mean, you'll see some films, Al, where it's a found footage horror film and... There's a there like all the characters will be inside a place and then there'll be a, an establishing shot like of the building or something like footage from outside of the place while the thing's happening inside. But all the people are inside. So who's filming the outside? You know, those kind of things will happen and you don't know how they got this kind of shot or why would they keep the cameras rolling? But when there's a situation like this with Troll Hunter, it justifies it, right? Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about that is contentious is shaky cam, right? Yeah. The, the, when people are running and the camera is shaking. When you're looking at a found footage film, it makes sense because the people are holding the camera. Yeah. But if you watch movies like action movies and there's a fight scene, the camera will sometimes just be like shaking around going crazy, you know? Yeah. And it does make people, you know, feel sick on occasion. It does make things harder to see on occasion for sure. But it's actually a thing that's rooted in the history of our medium. We may have talked about this on the show before, but if we haven't, where we get that shaky cam business from, the reason that it kind of ended up a part of the film language was because of World War II. They would have these soldiers, right? They would give them cameras and then send them running up like into battle with these cameras, like filming so that they could get firsthand footage from the war. And that's the footage that, like, people would see back home. You know, if we saw any battle footage whatsoever, it would be from these people who are, like, entrenched, you know, in the in the fighting. And so it's moving around because, like, you're terrified. You're being shot at. And, you know, you're literally going to be killed any second if you let your guard down. So the camera is going all over the place. That's where we get that shaky cam from. Like, at least in the way that it got accepted as part of the film language indicating something stressful, chaotic, violent, dangerous happening. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I and that's, that's one like... of my favorite things about, like, film history is, like, thinking about how all of this is tied to uh, cultural shifts and things. I love yeah. that stuff, but I, what were you saying? I also feel like when I see action films and the camera starts shaking, I'm like, why is the camera shaking? I feel like, to me, it only makes sense in found footage films. Well, yeah, but but like I was saying, though, there is a reason for the shaking. Yeah, camera, yeah, right? yeah. And that's because that is how movies depicted actual chaotic violence 
that's where we get the language from. Yeah. There was that was like the first kind of that kind of violence in cinema, really. You know that I mean, not to say there wasn't other violence or whatever, but like real, real danger was imbued in that footage. You know, so yeah. from there, obviously, it becomes a part of our language. Yeah. But but that occurred to me because you were talking about you know how when they're running, it actually makes it more believable because the camera is shaky. That would actually apply to a film that is not found footage as well. The same effect occurs uh, psychologically, physiologically, unless the person is predisposed to just complain about, <laughs> you know, shaky cam. Yeah. There's also one thing I like in Troll Hunter that is very cool. Um, they find a night vision camera, which mm. will sometimes switch into night vision. Yeah. And then switch back. And that's necessary, too. Because trolls can only be out at night. Yeah. Right? And, like, it'll just suddenly switch to, like, night vision for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another thing that can be used really effectively as well. And uh -huh. as I think you're getting at here, that they can't actually see these things until they turn on the night vision on the camera. So they can't see them in real life around them, but they can see them through the camera. Yeah. Right? That's scary, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And, like... There's one shot where it turns into night vision, and then you can see uh, the giant troll mm -hmm. just right there. Yeah. It's... it's just right on top of him. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so cool. So why don't we uh, get into a little bit about the movie itself? Because obviously we've talked about that it's found footage. We've talked about trolls being in it, but we haven't really talked about the movie outside of the stylistic yeah. approach yeah so what is going on in troll hunter briefly and then what do you want to talk about so first i wanted to say at the beginning of the movie it's like they found this footage like they saw that it was real like blah 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 it also says that it was 283 minutes of film which is four hours and 43 minutes of film Mm -hmm. This movie is not that long. No, because like they say, they had to cut it down, right? Like They're missing like three hours. That's part of the story of it is that, you know, they say, you know, here's the footage we found and we've trimmed it down to the most important bits for you to watch, right? And that's part of like convincing you that it's this found footage. Not that they necessarily want you to believe it's real, but they want you to invest yourself in this narrative. Yeah. Right? In, in these characters and the way that it is filmed. And that's not uncommon. But also, like, uh, documentaries, Alistair, they have a lot of footage that, uh, you know, needs to be cut out of them in order to make them a watchable documentary. Because a filmmaker is not going to shoot and then put, like, shoot hours and hours and then put all of it in a film. Because you might shoot hundreds of hours for a documentary. You know, you could have 200 hours of footage that you now have to sort through. For a documentary, you have dozens of interviews and you have to pick out only the parts of those interviews that actually are going to serve your film well. It's a lot, a lot of material that goes into a documentary that you then have to sift through to put together. Yeah. It's not a mode that appeals to me <laughs> very much because no. it is so much like film, 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 and then find the story as you go. I'm more of a be prepared <laughs> to make your film kind of a guy so that mm. that doesn't uh that doesn't appeal yeah. to me much i also figured out that 
in the movie, if you look at the time, um, I am counting the credits as the film here. It is when we watch an hour and forty three minutes, meaning they cut out three hours, but it's <laughs> probably that, more. Yeah. Probably more because of the credits. Well, but. but we don't know that they actually had all that footage because remember, this isn't a real documentary. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the context, like... Yeah, yes. So if this was an actual released film that using actual footage of people troll hunting, then yeah, they would have cut out three hours and we'd be missing that three hours and we would want to know what's there. But it's a found footage fictional film, so... Yeah. You know. But... Okay, trolls, man. What's going on in Norway? Why are what? Why is anybody hunting trolls? What's going on? So, our movie kind of starts out like there's these three friends. They're like filming stuff. Yeah, they're three film students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Making a documentary. Um, yep. And they found this hunting group, and there's like, and then the people in the hunting are like, that there's a poacher mm-hmm. and stuff. There's I guess maybe I don't think there is though. Well, the 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 speculation amongst the hunters yeah. because there's been um, these news reports of a bear killing people, and so the Norwegian government has given licenses to people to go like hunt this bear down and stuff. But there's a guy without a bear hunting license there, and our documentary crew becomes interested in him. You know, they're yeah. interested in this bear business, but here's this poacher. What's going on with this poacher? Yeah, and, like, everybody thinks he's, like, poaching the bears and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they come, like, they follow him. Yeah. For a, I don't know how long. You'd think he would notice. <laughs> they're, like, right behind him forever. Yeah. But, um, they follow him for a really good amount of time. Yeah. They end up in a forest... At night, like, they go into a place that says no entry blasting zone. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, he's going in there, and this is a character named Hans, right? Yeah. And Hans is the supposed poacher, and they follow him into this wooded area at night because supposedly he just goes out every single night and then comes back in the morning. Um, And, you know, all the other hunters assume that he's out there killing bears all night. But what's he up to? Hunting trolls. Hunting trolls. Why? Yep. Um, because he is the to stop them from kill like killing people. In part, yeah. And also protecting the the country, the all of Norway, because he's the only troll hunter in Norway. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Is well, I mean, there's like a whole uh, troll security service. Yeah. Right, that we learn about. We learn it's a whole governmental thing, and they keep trolls secret from the people of Norway for reasons that we never really understand? No. I mean, obviously, like, you know, knowing that there are hundred-foot-tall monsters wandering around would be disconcerting to human beings. Clearly, they say, how could no one notice, like, three giant monsters running through a field? Yeah, that's that's a great part of it, too, is the, the movie goes out of its way to point out, like, this is something that you would see in real life, but in the in this story, it could be accounted for not by natural phenomena, but by intervention of trolls. You know, so your trees yeah. get knocked over. Maybe it wasn't a tornado. Maybe it was rampaging trolls. Yeah, but like the people, 
the troll security is like, this is what happened, but not really. They just say... Yeah, they say it's bears. Like bears or a tornado or something. Yeah, and like, the, the whole bear business is what lures our three filmmakers up there in the first place. And then they get there and it's not even about bears at all, right? Yeah. And then we realize as the story goes on that this this bear story was manufactured and it's really trolls. So it's it's an interesting yeah. thing that the the kind of inciting incident for this story for these characters that gets them on this journey yeah. is before the film starts when they first hear about bears. Yeah. You know. One of my favorite things bears. about this bear about the bear story is when two German like I think they were German? Yeah. The Polish guys? Yeah, Polish. Yeah. The tourists um two tourists disappear. Oh, no, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, no, yeah those were German, German tourists. I thought you were talking about the Polish guys in the painting truck. No, no, okay. no. Uh, two German tourists were killed by a troll. Um, so, but they, and like, they disappeared. They were killed by a troll. Um, but at the scene, they put in a bear. Um, and on the news, it says, bear kills two German tourists. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their cover story. Yeah, it's... You know, it's kind of fun, too, because the movie plays on this whole, I don't know, conspiracy theory kind of an angle, which is fun in a film sense. In real life, people are losing their minds. But it's cool in the film's context because legitimately the conspiracy exists and we are unraveling it with the filmmakers, too. We're exploring it the same way they are. We're learning everything that they do along the way so it's got that fun process element to it you know it's a it's uncovering a mystery and at the same time as we're uncovering the mystery we're also learning about dealing with trolls and the history of trolls how trolls are hunted what their physiology is like you know all this stuff yeah it's just all this information all this process Things that that you and I love, you know, you love rules and making up all kinds of games and stuff, you know? Yeah, I really do. Like, the trolls in this movie are very different from the trolls in the fairy tales. I'm trying to find... No, they're very, they're very, they're like realistic versions of what those trolls would be. Yeah. um, So it's like trolls turn to, you know, in fairy tales, a troll will turn to stone in sunlight. But we're actually given the physiological reason that happens. Yep. So it's like biological. And biologic. they also could explode. Yeah. Too. Yeah, because it's actually an internal process. It's about their yeah. inability to uh, the, process vitamin D. Into like calcium. Yeah. So they either become fully like calcium. They become calcium, calcified. Yeah. But basically that means they turn to bone, basically. Yeah, giant, giant like stone. Like the older ones get a their bones enlarge and like they become it to stone the younger ones will like explode yeah it's really cool Mm -hmm. um i again that's all stuff that i love about this it's you know this a slow burn kind of a movie it's a lot of you know looking at beautiful norwegian countryside and stuff and then punctuated by these handful of scenes where we get these amazing troll set pieces yeah you know like, there's a giant three-headed troll. Right. That's the first one we meet uh, is the three-headed a one. A tozer lad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is what it was called, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because uh, there's there's that. There was the... Ringle Finch. Ringle Finch. Yep. The Mountain Kings. And then Jotnar. The, the, uh, what's it? What is Jotnar. It? Uh, uh, Jotnar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. I, I think that <laughs> was it. One of those. Was it Jotnar or... Jotnar. Jot... Mm. Well, that's how you would say the, the J. But I felt like it was I felt like it was a different name, but I don't know. It, it was that. It was J O T N A R. I trust you, man. You've got a better memory for that kind of stuff than I do. That is for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Um, it's these these things have these great names, and we get to learn all their names. Uh, we get to learn about their different behavior patterns. Yeah. We get to see a whole bunch of them on occasion. But yeah. it but it's used sparingly. It's used in just the right amount, I think. Yeah, like there's like a thing where they eat rocks. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> he literally uh they ask him, are they intelligent? He says, They're not very bright. Like who could survive on rocks? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and Hans is this just weathered, just absolutely exhausted troll hunter. You know, he's seen some stuff that nobody should ever yeah, have to see. Yeah. He's done stuff nobody should ever have to do. And he's he's done with it. And so, like, yes. the whole documentary is him allowing these teenagers, these college students, to follow him around and take all this footage and all this insider material about the troll security service just because he doesn't want to do it anymore and he wants the world to know so that this stuff doesn't have to yeah. be done in secret. Because, like, he's, he's like, done this. He's also the only actual, like, troll hunter So in Norway, so he has to do everything. Yeah, and there's he has, like, that handler guy. There's the guy who gives him his assignments and stuff, and he yeah. works with other scientists and things. But yeah, he's the only one who's out in the field every night tracking down these trolls. Because as soon as they move from their own habitats, they start, you know, fighting each other. They start eating people. They start eating sheep. You know, they, yeah. they if they leave where they live at any given time, it, it poses a national security risk. Yeah, yeah. And so he's got to go in and <laughs> turn them to stone or whatever. Yeah, and... It's real cool. It is. It like, is. Like he says, cement and charcoal, um, uh, and and not miss combination. Like, it's like the best food for. Oh trolls. yeah, they love cement and charcoal. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of cool, should we move into beastly best? Um. more i want to talk about okay cool um then let's talk about other things i my goal is to not spoil the end if we can no no i don't i don't want nope. to talk about any of like the last half hour of the movie any of it no because it's all really really wild yeah what i'm going to talk about is like basically the second up to the second troll that they see like in a bit okay the one with the the sheep yeah 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 that's so, cool the first one, the Tozer lad, is very big. Yeah. It's like not as big as the trees, but pretty big. Yeah, I very mean, it's big. huge. Yeah. Yeah. It has three heads, too. We learn later that the other two heads do n absolutely nothing. Yeah, they, they grow extra heads over time. And, like, the heads, they look like they do things, but they're just 
they don't do anything. They're just for show. Yeah. Well, okay. So one thing that I wanted to, to mention that I totally neglected to is the fact that the trolls very much look like kind of classical fairy tale trolls. They got the big old bulbous noses and stuff. They look, they're kind of cartoonish in some ways, but the filmmakers managed to make a realistic version of those cartoonish yeah. trolls. So even though they look a little goofy and a little cartoonish, they still feel approximately real the way yeah. that they look. And they're not like uh, the humanoid or they don't talk. They lean more towards like giants. More like, like apes. Yeah, kind right? of. Like monster outer space crazy ape things. <laughs> Like, oh man! Okay, here's something that is wild in these movies. We I, we've never talked about this in any of these movies, but it is so crazy to me um, that you'll have a movie like this um, or vampire movies even. Uh, in this, it's actually a problem if you are Christian to be around trolls because the trolls can smell the blood of people who are Christian, who believe in God and believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. And so. Uh, the same thing happens like in, in vampire stories where if somebody has, uh, if they believe in God and believe in Jesus, then they have this sort of other uh, ability associated with the monster, which is they can use a crucifix to scare off the vampire if they believe in God and Jesus. And it depends on the movie or book or yeah. whatever. Um, but because some of them, it doesn't matter if you believe or not. But here's here's my thing that's weird. If you are in a world where trolls can smell your blood, if you believe in God or Jesus, or you're in a world where vampires uh, can be, you know, scared away with crosses so long as you believe in God or Jesus and you know, God and Jesus imbue their power in the crucifix and therefore you can scare the, the vampire away. If you know this is true, would you not automatically believe in God and Jesus? <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? If you know that that has that effect, then you know that there is power in that. And so wouldn't you be predisposed to believe? Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how could how could and this and this is my question uh, really is in Troll Hunter, if the one guy is Christian and the trolls can smell his blood. Why wouldn't other people around him start? believing in in jesus and god knowing that he actually has some kind of supernatural difference you see what i'm saying yeah like they should then start to believe and it should become a problem but they don't because yeah. it, it would be narratively inconvenient i think yeah. there's also <laughs> one thing where like if they're talking about like god or jesus the trolls will like chase them Oh, and yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh, I mean, they can also... Well, that's another thing, right? Because they can... Uh, if there's like a hymn or something playing, I don't know, then it might make them angrier or whatever. Some, I, it's it's very weird. Um, I'm not super familiar with troll folklore. Um, I know as much about trolls from the show Hilda as I do from everything I've ever learned outside of the show Hilda. Yeah, <laughs> right? pretty much. <laughs> it's very thin. But, you know, uh, going from Hilda, which we didn't talk about Hilda at all yet, uh, which I'm surprised. Yeah, we should. There's there's a similarity in the way that the trolls function. Yeah, you know? yeah. And really except is. that these ones are very animalistic. They're also smaller, but 
they're kind of the same. They they're can not, be real weird. They're not benevolent in uh, in this, like uh, in Hilda, like they can be in Hilda, where they're just creatures trying to mind their own business, and they're only angry if you mess with them. Like the trolls in Troll Hunter, like they come after you. Like they'll get they're like really ferocious, and I, I don't know. But then again. They're only ferocious because people are coming into their territory or they're wandering out of their territory and encountering people. So I guess, no, never mind. I take it all back. The, the trolls actually function very similar to the way they do in Hilda, almost identically, except yeah. that they will actually, like, eat our main characters if they're not careful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're never quite worried about Hilda and David, and, you know, and all those, the characters being Though eaten by trolls. Though if you think about it, the trolls could still kill people in Hilda. Absolutely, they totally could. Like, yeah, one hundred percent can. Do, Just, does, do people die in in the Hilda we've seen? Uh, there's been ghosts. That's it. Okay, so there have been ghosts, so we know there are dead people. Yeah, that's true. But the, the trolls in Hilda can one hundred percent kill people. Absolutely. But you it's, it's more it. wholesome, you know, Yeah, like, if they mess with the troll and, like, they're not ready to deal with it. But they they also still yeah. have to be kept in their own areas because otherwise they pose a danger to humanity. Even though they don't. Well, they're in, just minding their own business. In Hil Well, in Hilda and in Troll Hunter, it's very similar in that regard. That's what I'm getting at is, like, yeah. the trolls are just doing what trolls are going to do. And it's humans who've set up these, you know, towns and everything that are anywhere near the trolls that become a problem because then the trolls minding their own business get too close to a town the people freak out you know and like, all all uh, hell breaks loose and then like guards come and like try to take out the troll or they send hans out to try to blow up trolls right depending yeah. on even yeah. though they're just minding their own business yeah they're just do what makes them aggressive and dangerous it's humans we're trying to take out the trolls because they're trying to kill us but it's a not them, it's us. We're making yeah. them try to kill us, which is... In a way, in a way. I yeah, mean, except cause... for the fact that, right, the people in the world of Troll Hunter don't actually know about the trolls. Yeah. Most people yeah. don't. But it's the troll security system, which is actually kind of the making service. it... Yeah. yeah, service. Which is making it a bit worse, actually, because, like... They kind of make the trolls more mad. Like, sure, yeah. I mean, you go in and start trying to kill them and stuff, absolutely. They're yeah. gonna get real mad at you, yeah. Yeah, but they're just they're animals, right? Mm hmm. Well, okay, let's move on to Beastly Best, my dude. Coolest monster moment in Troll Hunter. Can you do yours first? Oh man, I think mine is the what is what's it called? The Ringlefinch, yeah. I like the, the whole business with the Ringlefinch where they're at the bridge because we actually get a nice uh, troll bridge moment. Yeah. You know, um, and the trolls hide under bridges because then, you know, theoretically, if they're under a bridge and it's daytime, the sunlight can't hit them or something like and you can make sense out of this lore. Uh, yeah. But the Ringlefinch is really cool being under the bridge. They put sheep up on the bridge to try to lure it out, you know. Luckily, only one of the sheep gets eaten. Oh, man, that sheep gets wrecked, dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that Ringlefinch trashes that sheep. Yeah. So. There's also a goat and a smaller, um, like a lamb, I think. Something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then They but then both Hans... escape. Those two escape, but then the other sheep 
gets eaten. Well, it's the whole kind of confluence yeah. of uh, elements here that's really great for me because you've got that stuff, the the wrinkle finch, the bridge, the sheep, and it like eats the sheep and everything. But then you get Hans coming out in his like suit of armor, which yeah. is just rad. It's like such a, um, it's like a, oh, what's his name? Ned Kelly? Am I right? The Kelly gang? Who put on these crazy suits of armor made out of like stoves or whatever what? in, in Australia. Uh, I, I got to look it up because I got to make sure that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Here, let me show you an image here because it's very much like Ned Kelly's suit of armor, man. Yeah. Check it out. Whoa. That's a Kelly gang suit of armor. Huh. And it's just made out of these like metal plates and everything. And that's basically what Hans rolls out to wander up to this Ringle Finch yeah. wearing. And, like, he has a giant, like, it kind of looks like a shot. Like, the thing you get a shot. Oh, yeah, he, like, he's got to get a blood sample. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And, like, then the wrinkle finch tries to bite his head off, but can't. Well, don't spoil too much more of that scene, because yeah. that is also a rad scene. Oh, it's uh, so cool. I mean, cool. he wears armor out there to go approach this wrinkle finch and try to get blood. So, yeah, so you can imagine it doesn't go great. No. Obviously. <laughs> what's your... What's your Even uh, trolls don't like to get shots. <laughs> I can't imagine. What's your beastly best? Uh, I was also going to say the thing with the Ringle Finch. All uh, right. We're in agreement. My favorite thing about the Ringle Finch is his head. It's like on his chest. Yeah, of. yeah. He's real weird looking. Yeah. His head is almost on the same level his arms are. Like. Yeah. All right, man. So time to get spooked. Yeah. All right, spookiest moment. Um, hmm. We're trying to think. I'm trying to decide between two of them. Well, what are the ones you're trying to decide between? Uh, Mountain Kings and the Tozer Lad. Okay, let's just say both of those, because I'm also torn between those as well. The Mountain King's <laughs> sequence is really oh, spooky. Yeah. Even though those trolls are probably the, the goofiest. Smallest, like the goofiest. Smallest? Yeah, the Tozer Lad, but when it just suddenly like switches to night vision and just see it there. The the Mountain Kings look like, and this isn't going to mean anything to you, but they remind me vaguely, listeners, of the big old like Muppet monsters in Fraggle Rock. That's that's kind of what they remind me of a little bit. They got kind of the big nose and stuff. Dad, I want to say something. If you say think it. about what they look like. I can kind of imagine them as if you take a Niffler and turn it into a giant evil monster. Oh, like if you inflated a Niffler? And turned yeah, okay. it and made it evil? Yeah. It kind of looks like a Mountain King. That tracks. They kind of really do. Yeah, man. Um, so that, I well, I, that pretty much covers it, I think. <laughs> yeah. We got the, the, uh, the run through the forest before we see our first troll, or right after we see our first troll, right? When we see that troll, though, the buildup to it where... They're standing at the edge of the forest. Hans comes running out and goes, troll! And like they're like, what? And then it comes out after them, you know? No, I think that's before. Oh, that is before that. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, that's when they're running and they see the car. The, you're right. That That's my scene. That's what I would say. Okay. Yeah, so that, that you're is... right. That scene doesn't have a troll in it. I'm conflating those two scenes. That's spooky. Yeah, that scene. We don't even see a troll. That scene's spooky. Once we see the trolls, the trolls are pretty cool. So I yeah. like seeing the trolls. They're like real cool. But I wouldn't say they themselves are necessarily spooky. No. Except for I'm, maybe the Ringle Finch, just because yeah. like it's so, I don't know. 
gorilla-like. I, it's got like yeah. its heads really low. Yeah, I don't know, man. That one's wild. That one's real. Oof. Big segment time. Scream themes. Yep. So what is one of the main messages you see here in Troll Hunter? Because remember, all media sends messages to us whether we like it or not. And it's up to us to accept it or reject it. And we have to be able to recognize them. And so Alistair is getting that experience on the show for your entertainment. Yeah. Now, what's what's a theme here? So this is the best I can think of. Some things are worse hidden than they are shown. Ooh, I like that, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because if you hide some things, the things you have to do to hide it may be worse than the ramifications of letting that information come out. Yeah, like if you made it come out, there'd be so many more troll hunters. Like a lot of people would do it. But at least then people wouldn't be out there being killed by monsters they didn't know existed until the moment they get snatched up by them. Yeah. Uh, they would know to they avoid could, like, it. Probably just eradicate the trolls like easily. Like, Well, I mean, that, but that's part of the problem too, Al, yeah. is they don't want to eradicate the trolls. Hans doesn't. That yeah. um, the, the scientist lady, she talks about how she really wishes they could find a more humane way to dispatch with the trolls that they have to kill. Yeah. Because she feels it's really inhumane. So they could, as a society, find a way to, you know, better keep them in their areas or at least, you know, be better. Uh, I don't know. I'd like have the have the, the towns set up in such a way where if there is a stray troll, you have a place to go. You know, there are, like, like, warnings in place. Far away from, like, the troll areas. Yeah, and then you wouldn't have to have one guy be responsible for it. You could have a bunch of people come out. They can have UV light guns, and maybe they don't, like, kill the trolls, but just, you know, enough to scare them off. Yeah, like, you know, but not, like, the UV guns wouldn't be too strong. Like, yeah, just, like, zap a toe. I don't know. You know, like, something to just scare them away. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I like that, man. You're right. Some things... Some bad things are worse when hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, um, we may not like to reveal the truth. We may not like to face the truth, but sometimes we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes being too, like, you know, you might want to hide, like, the government might want to hide something like trolls to, like, not make people panic, but, like, that's also a problem because then they don't know to watch out for trolls. And then they start killing bears. Yeah. Right? Because they blame it on bears, so then bears get killed. Yeah. Because, like, if they knew about it, people would be like, yeah, we got to stay away from that area. Yeah, but don't they go don't up know that. Mountain. that. Mountain kings live up there. Let's just leave them be. We'll put up some kind of barrier. They clearly know how to build barriers, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, great one, man. I really like mm-hmm. that. But that's it for Troll Hunter then, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't you lay it on our listeners where they can find us, support us online, all that business? Mm-hmm. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash word salad. And we have a new series that we're doing. Yep. Which we do. is Cadavercast Back from the Grave. That's right. And we're actually going back and Al's listening to the early episodes and then watching the movies that he maybe doesn't remember or 
you know, hasn't watched in years. Uh, and it's kind of a reflection on the movies that we talked about when he was four and how he's grown and what's changed in the show. Uh, it's it's fun. It's more of that, you know, father-child exploration that we've been doing, but it's exploring our exploration. I don't know. It's it's meta. It's weird. Uh, but I've been having a good time with it. So we just recorded our third one, uh, which will be going up yeah. in September or October or something like something. that. Something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got... We've got things coming together. What else? You can find us on Facebook at the CadaverCast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. You can find us at, on Twitter at Cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Instagram at CadaverCast. Um, email <laughs> and merch. True. You can email us at CadaverCast at gmail.com. And you can find and buy our merch at teespring.com slash cadavercast. Nailed it, man. This was fun. Uh, Why don't you sign us out? You've been listening to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love ya. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. That one's real. Oof.